One of my favorite CFOs is Bob Long. He's been on the show before talking about fantasy football. But in this conversation, we'll be talking about the NFL Hall of Fame. And as of this recording, the NFL Hall of Fame ceremony just wrapped up. And here's a cool fact. Bob has been a driver chauffeuring players around for 33 years. Yes, we're going to talk a little bit about football, but there are two business angles we'll be exploring as well. I'm Mark Gandy. This is CFO Bookshelf. Bob Long talking about the NFL Hall of Fame. That's coming up next. Bob Long, a CPA, a longtime CFO. Here is a survey question. Bob, name two to three Hall of Fames that will probably first come to mind to anybody you ask on the street. Well, I certainly hope that uh, they would mention Canton, Ohio's Pro Football Hall of Fame, which is three miles from my house, um, and the Baseball Hall of Fame. I, I got to believe that those are probably the, I mean, when people mention the word Hall of Fame, I think those three have to be, if not three out of the top five, maybe the first three. And it depends on the order of the person. So, you know, if you're a person that's more into music than sports, obviously you're thinking rock hall. If you're more sports than music, then you're thinking baseball or football. Um, You know, there is a basketball hall of fame, but I bet if you ask the person, where's it located? I'd say 90% of them don't know. Exactly. You know what? I, I don't think I know. It's in Springfield, Massachusetts. <laughs> See, I didn't, that I did not, I could, I wouldn't even have guessed that. Is it right. just me? It seems like every year when I watch the ceremony, I don't always watch it from beginning to end, but I'll see clips. Right. It seems like it's getting bigger. The event is, there's more oh, pageantry gosh. to it. Am I right? Oh, you're absolutely right. In fact, uh, it's been a while since it kind of grew, but every year it's it's just, um, it is, it's amazing. I mean, when I was a kid, I literally sat on the grass across the street from the Hall of Fame steps of the, of the steps of the Hall of Fame, and that's where they did the induction. And there might have been, not counting the families, which even that wasn't that big, um, was maybe 200 people. And, you know, I'm sitting there watching, you know, Larry Zonka be inducted or, you know, uh, somebody from the 60s, maybe uh, Paul Horning, uh, that kind of thing. And, you know, I thought, wow, this is kind of cool, you know, but I didn't realize how cool it was. Like, you know, you're that close as a kid. Um, Now, maybe kids today would probably have a different reaction. uh, But to me, it was like, oh, well, these guys come in every year. It's it's they come to my town. How cool is that? Um, Watching it grow from a small two-day event to a five-day extravaganza with uh, Journey playing in a concert on Saturday night to the game to uh, the enshrinement of in front of 23,000 people in a football stadium compared to sitting on the grass across the street with 200 people in lawn chairs. Uh, it's unbelievable what they've done. And uh, yeah, it's, it's and, and I've been a driver, as you know, for 33 years. Uh, so I've been a part of it, even as that's grown into bigger and better. Uh, and it's just amazing what they have done and what they what this small little town does for one weekend. They have 3000 volunteers to help the weekend through. And when does that when does that process start? Three thousand. That's 
the coordination <laughs> seems overwhelming. Yeah. Do you all start like next week for next year's event? <laughs> well, the the so each each one of the volunteer groups, like I'm on transportation, each one of those groups has a director or has a person that's the the lead. That person will start having meetings, yeah, pretty soon for next year. Um, they'll get more intense once they know who's coming, which means the crowd, like this year's crowd, not as big because we didn't have any Peyton Mannings being inducted. Um, great, great players, well-deserved players, but not the high-profile guys that you're used to. Uh, so it was a little bit calmer this year, which I'm okay with uh, every once in a while. But yeah, it's uh, it's quite an amazing thing what they have done over the past even 20 years and 30 years. Did I hear you correctly? Was this your 33rd event? Yes, I started. And yes, I and, started in 1990. And you are a driver? Exp yep. We've had you on. We, we talked about this a couple of years ago, but mm -hmm. what does driving entail? <laughs> So basically, um, you know, let's say like this year I had Larry Zonka. He was back for his reunion uh, because there wasn't as many first year enshrinees. But like last year, I had John Lynch. OK, uh, he was being inducted last year. And so from the moment he gets off the plane to the moment he gets back on the plane. So Wednesday through Sunday, sometimes Monday, I am his personal chauffeur wherever he wants to go, whatever he wants to do. Obviously, I'm going to take him to all the events, but. I'm his personal chauffeur for the entire weekend. So that's what the role of a transportation driver is, at least at that level. Now, some of the newer guys drive maybe a big 15-passenger van and just help with getting some of the older Hall of Famers to the events, um, you know, instead of them all getting separate cars, which I can't do. Uh, the individual cars are for the the current year in Shinies, and then they also have for the reunions 10, 20, 30 uh, they have a, a personal driver for them as well for the weekend. Are you allowed or is it discouraged to talking to these people like John Lynch? I think he's one of the most intelligent. Oh, so cool. He's one of my, oh, I think he's one of yeah. the most approachable. He's great yep. on it. And for people li listening abroad, he's, he's the general manager for the 49ers, right? Mm -hmm. He, yes. I, he is and he he's a former player. Are you allowed to, talk shop with him or is it discouraged? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, they all talk. Um, th they love to tell stories. Sometimes you don't even ask to prompt them. Uh, Larry Zonk was telling me all kinds of great stories. Oh, I bet. All I said, you know, um, but yeah, John Lynch. So yeah, uh, I, I usually don't tell them my background in fantasy until after I ask all the questions. Uh, but yeah, I was drilling about, you know, what do you think about Debo, Sam Debo Samuel versus B Brandon Ayuk? He's like, mm. oh yeah, Ayuk's not, not doing well. This is last year, right? And he's like, Ayuk is having a rough camp. He's, he's really struggling. But boy, Debo Samuel's, man, he's just killing it out there. So I'm like telling all the people at the expo the next week, and I'm like, John Lynn says to draft Debo Samuel. Guess what? That was a good idea. That's cool. What, what is your favorite part? of the weekend? Um, I think it's just being in around those guys and listening to the stories. Um, you know, some of my favorite moments was just, just sitting there listening, not talking, not having a conversation, just listening to the guys talk about, you know, the old days and, you know, they only got paid, you know, a thousand dollars a game and you're like, just, um, you know, or just how, you know, tough it was. And, you know, the, the stuff that happened in the, 
you know, when after the play is over and guys are biting and kicking underneath, you know, just how rough and old school it was back then and, you know, the changes and, uh, but, you know, I remember the one story was, I said, you remember a Weeb Eubank? Yes. Um, he, um, he was the coach of the Jets when they beat, then they won the Super Bowl and uh, Super Bowl three. And I, he was just sitting there in a room and I walked over and introduced myself, you know, and welcomed him to Canton and, you know, and, uh, and then he just started talking and I said, I got to ask you a question. I go, tell me about the, the guarantee, you know, that Joe Namath guarantees in front of the press that he's, that we're going to win. And he said, well, honestly, it wasn't him that said the guarantee. It was actually the offensive coordinator because he said he had broken down the defense and right. he knew how to beat that Colts team. And so he, you know, made the speech and, and talked to the offense and we was in the room, obviously. And he said, but, you know, he sold him. He sold Joe Namath on the fact that, um, you know, if we just do this and we execute, we can beat this team. They're not unstoppable. And so obviously Joe Namath is out being Joe Namath somewhere in public. And he just repeated what his OC said. And, you know, then, of course, once they won, that became history. And it was all Joe Namath's guarantee, but it really wasn't Joe Namath's. And so when you get that kind of inside scoop and hear those stories, that's just like so cool to me, you know? So you've been a CFO, a controller. You've been in financial leadership positions for mm-hmm. years. So I, I think you'll be able to relate to this next question. You have been up close to one of the biggest Hall of Fames in the world. Right. What if, not necessarily small businesses, but what if a number of mid-sized businesses, what if many of them had a hall of fame? Good idea. <laughs> uh, it, it would be interesting because I think the criteria would be very difficult to do. Like, and, and let's be honest, even the regular hall of fames, you know, you see players go into like the pro football hall of fame. And of course, baseball is much tougher to get in than football and football is much tougher to get in than basketball. Um, so, you know, the cri- it's really the criteria of what makes a player a hall of famer. You know, like Bo Jackson will never be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame because he only played for three years. Mm -hmm. But those three years, he was one of the most amazing players I have ever seen now, then and in the future uh, uh, on the field. But he will never get in because of lack of longevity due to injury. Um, So I think small business, medium sized business, whatever it is, it's hard to it's hard to set that criteria of what makes them a hall of fame business. Um, Cause they could make zero money and have an amazing impact on their community. And you could have another company that makes an amazing profit and, you know, pays their employees well, and they have a great, you know, internal organization, but do nothing for the community. So it's like, there's so many things that can make a business a Hall of Fame business one way or the other, while I think it's a cool idea, man, that's a tough criteria to set. It's again, it's it's interesting. So I, I've got my right. mind in the gutter. I got my mind on football. I got my mind on business. How about a mashup? So well, yeah. like even right. your employer, if your employer had a Hall of Fame, I'm sure they could look at some of the best employees who have ever been a part of that organization, maybe some of the best sure. vendors or some of the best customers, but I was, mm-hmm. I was just curious. Last question. Yeah. 
because I know you're busy, he'll let you go. I think I got his name right. Is it Bryant Young? Uh, is he Bryant the one who Young, talked yeah. about uh, his his late son? Very. Oh, gosh, yeah. oh my goodness. Uh, oh, talk about talk I, about if you if you didn't cry or as, you didn't break a tear, uh, you're not human. You're not. You <laughs> took the word. You. Hey, you, you, that, that's my script. If you're not a human oh, being, <laughs> you're not a human being if you did not shed a tear. That was beautiful. Oh, yeah. Uh, so my thought, now again, he's talking about his son, but one of my mm-hmm. favorite parts of every inductee is when they start thanking people. They're not thanking people. They don't start at the pro level. They mm-hmm. go all the way back to pop Warner in many cases. And then they start getting to junior high, high school coaches, that quarterback coach who just wouldn't let up on them. (laughs) Her work at, you've got your feet wrong, Peyton. You've got your feet. (laughs) Right. So to me, how even in, we know how important mentors and coaches are in sport football. Mm -hmm. What about business? Isn't there something to be said about coaches and mentors in business? Oh, absolutely. I mean, and, 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 and I think you could even take a step back to going back again to high school, college. You know, I had teachers that really pushed me into accounting. You know, like I took an accounting class in high school because, well, my dad said I'd make a lot of money if I did it someday. It wasn't wrong, but uh, but you know, I got in there and, you know, this guy really kind of took me under my wing, under his wing, cause he ki- could see that I literally was motivated to be one, you know, and I'm sure he didn't get a lot of kids that walked into his class in ninth grade going, Hey, my dad says I'm going to be an accountant when I grow up. So, uh, how do we do this? You know I mean? <laughs> and that's pretty much what I did. And like, I just smoked the class. I had like 104%. Uh, this guy gave extra credit and I was just, I'm like, gosh, this is so easy. Um, of course I found out in college, it wasn't that easy, but uh, you know, just having that guy pat me on the back, go, yeah, yeah, this is a good idea for you to go into, uh, you know, and then having, but then in college I struggled. So I had the opposite guy. I had a guy, uh, who was one of the main professors, uh, who was pretty much telling me that, um, if I didn't get my act together, I wasn't going to make it. Like, he's like, you'll never pass a CPA exam. You're never going to do that because you don't you don't focus enough. You're too you're too you know, you're not focusing what you need to do. Well, you know, I'm a 20 year old in college. Guess what? (laughs) That wasn't my focus. Should have been. I agreed with. And now I agree with him. But it wasn't. And but that stuck in my head of somebody telling me that you're not going to do this. And of course, when I passed my CPA exam, the first thing I did was drive back to the University of Akron and I walked in and I laid the certificate on his desk and I go, I just want to say thank you because if you don't yell at me for that, I don't get this. Did he say, I knew you had it in you? Oh yeah. Yeah. He's like, I knew you had it, but you just needed a kick in the butt. And I go, huh? I don't disagree. So, so I I've come out of the closet. I've come out of the closet. I've told the world I like fantasy. I play it. Uh, my preference is dynasty. Uh, there you go. Just an observation about fantasy football. I think, again, this is opinion. It seems like football is becoming more and more and more of a year round sport. It's like oh, the yeah. sport that doesn't sleep. I mean, after the season, mm-hmm. now we, now we're, now we're prepping for the draft. 
Well, the after combine, the draft, the, yeah, the, the, right. and then you've got what's called the, the voluntary uh, camps. I can't, and then you right. have the camp. You got free agency. You got, got voluntary camps. Oh. And, you know, I mean, it's just it is. In fact, you know, I have been on you know on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio quite a bit as a guest on and off for years. And literally just five years ago, they would do you know fantasy football would start primarily in July, July 1st, and then go to, you know, the Super Bowl. And then from February to June 30th was all about fantasy baseball. Guess what? Now it's all football all the time. They might have one or two guys that will occasionally in their show talk about baseball, but it's 90% football. Whether it's March, April, August, October, doesn't matter. They're talking football. So that shift right there just tells you that that's where it is. That's what it's all about. I mean, and I played fantasy baseball for years. I thought it was fun, but, you know, I'm obviously so entrenched now in the football world that I just don't have time to play fantasy baseball. But uh, it is. It's a very much a dominant thing. And it's only as more as more states approve uh, sports betting um, where you can get into prop bets and, you know, betting on football games. Uh, because the prop bet world is the next step in the fantasy football process. It went from regular drafts, have a regular league, to DFS, uh, daily fantasy sports every week, to now these prop bets, which is basically gambling on stats, which is what my, I'm good at. So that's I'm excited about Ohio going live here January 1st, 23. Uh, but yeah, it just, you know, because guess what? You can make money. You can lose money. And I'm not saying to get addicted to it, certainly, but. Um, it, it kind of makes it for a lot of fun if you've got this skill to say, okay, I, I, I think I think Tom Tom Brady's going to have a great week this week. I'm going to take the over for his passing yards. So, I do not know the percentage of listeners who participate in fantasy football. I bet it's more than half. So, could you I'm please sure. promote the heck out of your <laughs> yearly uh, uh, publication? Yes, please. Oh, publication. No. Oh. So, yeah, so I put out an annual fantasy football guide called the Fantasy Football Consistency Guide. And basically, it helps you identify the players in your league that are more consistent than others, which is who you want to draft. You want guys to score a lot of points. That's There's no doubt about it. But you want guys to score uh, on a more consistent basis. You don't want the guy that scores 30 points one week, five and seven the next two, then comes back with another 25. At the end of the year, he'll be tied with the same guy that gets 15 a week. But guess what? The guy that gets 15 to 20 a week, he's going to help your teams more than he's going to hurt your teams on a weekly basis. That's going to make the difference of winning those two, three games to get you in the playoffs and possibly win you a championship. And and you're I, I cut you off. I apologize. Feel free to promote the heck out of anything oh, you're doing. Right. Oh, you're fine. So yeah, so you can get the consistency guide on amazon.com. Just type in 2022 uh, fantasy football consistency and it will pop up. And then of course, uh, this weekend in Canton, Ohio, the fantasy football expo, you can get your tickets to come to that at the fantasy It's just a great weekend of hanging out with uh, 600 of our closest friends in the fantasy football community. All of the best names in the country from all the best sites will be there. 
Uh, if you follow anybody on Twitter that you like, whether it's, you know, Michael Fabiano or Andy Barons or, you know, uh, John Hansen, uh, any of those guys, they're all going to be there. And so why not come and hang out with us this weekend? Uh, it's going to be a great time. It won't be this year, but I have a feeling I'm going to, I want to show up at one of those. I'm gonna, you got to show up, man. I'm going yeah. to bring my digital recorder too. There Bob, you go. We've talked more than once. Every time we talk, you're so generous with your time and we're doing no this problem. at a time where you're prepping for this expo. And I'm just, I, I'm just so thankful and, yeah. and thank you for just taking some time out to talk about the, the hall of fame. Appreciate that. I'm always available anytime for you, buddy. You are listening to CFO bookshelf lifelong learning for financial leaders. And now back to our host, Mark Gandy. Bob Long, always a fun person to talk to. He may be no Matthew Berry, but in my book, he's super, super close. And if you want to follow him on Twitter, it's at Bob underscore Long, L-U-N-G. By the way, if you like football, here are a few summer reads uh, to consider to feed that appetite. My rule I have had to read them. I've got five in no particular order. Number one, Friday Night Lights. If you've not read that, it is outstanding. Friday Night Lights. Number two, 12 Mighty Orphans by Jim Dent. I just read that at the very beginning of the year. And of these five, I would say 12 Mighty Orphans, my personal sentimental favorite. Season of Life is probably... Uh, it's probably number one now by Jeffrey Fox. We just interviewed Jeffrey a few weeks ago. Tony Dungy, love the book. If you are someone who loves leadership books, his book is Quiet Strength, but there is a strong football theme in it by Tony Dungy. Last one, I'm a big David Halberstam fan, The Education of a Coach. Excellent, excellent book. Those are my five for summer reads if you like football. Guys, we need to call this a wrap. I'm Mark Gandy for CFO Bookshelf.